Hey, Cross Trainers, Donnie P coming at you uh, from the Gold Coast, Australia, September 4th, 2022, Sunday. Uh, today it was Father's Day here. Went to church. It was a great day at church and the dads got on it and everything. And uh, I'll catch up with my girls and with my wife in a couple of weeks and we'll do Father's Day and our anniversary together. So that, that'll be nice. Um, I'll look forward to that. Um, so yeah, I hope uh, all you dads out there have had a great day and uh, you're powering on in the Lord. Uh, so today I want to talk to you about let's stop limiting God. I know I've done that in the past and probably I still do it to some extent or a, a large extent, but um, God is waking me up and um, is expecting more of me. So yeah, it's just been going on. Um, yeah, just a, a constant challenge in, in that regard to do more and be more and, and to add more value because the time is short. Uh, so what I want to do is just start off with a scripture from the King James, um, Psalm 78 and verse 41. I'll read that to you from the King James Version. It says, uh, yes, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So this is basically showing and saying that people can limit God. So that's a, a bit of a uh, brain snap for most people because the notion that God is sovereign uh, here on the earth, he can do whatever he likes, all of that stuff, it's actually false. Uh, God is sovereign and he is the supreme ruler of, of all things, but uh, he gave complete and absolute authority to man. And uh, yeah, as uh, supreme rulers of this earth, and of this world. And when he did that, he uh, basically uh, excluded himself from getting involved uh, in uh, whatever was going on here. So uh, let's read uh, Genesis one twenty six. So I'm going back to the uh, Amplified, the classic Amplified version. So I am doing what I normally do and just picking up the Bible and manually looking at it. So Genesis 1 verse 26, God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, uh, and over all of the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So complete authority is what was stated there. And God, uh, in this verse, um, as in this chapter, it refers to the concept of uh, Elohim, which is more than one. But in this verse, it talks about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's who and what God is, three personages in one, the uh, Holy Trinity. So it's quite a profound verse. But yeah, that particular verse just demonstrates clearly that complete authority was given to mankind um, as ruler of this uh, world. And um, Satan knew that. And uh, when he got thrown out of heaven, um, he had a plot and a scheme to deprive man of their uh, God-given authority and to use that or to usurp that and pervert it. And uh, that's basically exactly what happened in, in the garden. Um, 
you know the recount or, or the actual story of what happened um, when uh, Adam and Eve ate of the tree uh, that they shouldn't have eaten of. And at that point, when they rebelled against God, they, uh, they actually uh, abdicated their God-given absolute authority over this world to Satan. And uh, he's been using that authority against us and humanity ever since. So uh, Satan has been defeated entirely. He, he got thrown out of heaven. He, he had no authority up there. He was completely defeated there. And he got thrown uh, down to earth. And through, through deception, he uh, obtained the authority that uh, should have uh, been uh, retained by Adam and Eve. So when, when there's a lot of evil going on in the world, and if you haven't noticed it, you, you must be deaf and blind or, or something, and no uh, disrespect to anyone that has those conditions. But um, all you have to do is turn on, on the news, particularly uh, with what's going on in America right now. Um, and evil is, is just everywhere. Uh, wickedness is everywhere. Uh, literally, good is being called evil, and evil is being called good. Uh, criminality is um, just reigning unpunished, and and you know I could go on and on and on. But um, yeah, evil is uh, is really stepping up, and it's uh, really uh, way more noticeable now than it ever has been, at least in my living memory, anyway. And I'm 58 currently. Um, yeah, there's some really wicked things going on, but the reason for that is because Satan is the god of this world. Um, he has authority over this world for now. And if you don't believe that, Matthew 4, verse 8 and 9, uh, let's go over there in the classic Amplified again, Matthew 4, verse 8 and 9. I'm just uh, getting there. You can probably hear me flicking through the pages uh, as I go, Matthew 4, verse 8 and 9, I'm almost there. Um, here we are, yeah, it's talking about the temptation of, of Christ by Satan. And yeah, Matthew 4, verse 8 and 9, so it says again, the devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory, splendor, magnificence, preeminence, and excellence of them. And he, the enemy, Satan, said to him, Jesus, these things all taken together, I will give you if you will prostrate, uh, prostrate yourself before me and do homage and worship me. Um, so he couldn't have said that if he didn't have the authority to give Jesus those things. But when you think about it, it's actually a really bad deal. I mean, <laughs> it shows how stupid Satan is. Uh, because he was offering Jesus nothing like uh, what he would have after he left this earth, uh, after having sacrificed his life on the cross, because Jesus is part of the Godhead, the supreme, uh, you know, rulership of of all things, and um, his kingdom is, is way bigger than that. It, it's It's actually a pretty ordinary deal that the enemy was offering him, but... Uh, the enemy is quite stupid, and, and you know, let, let's face it, you've got to be pretty dumb to get thrown out of heaven, but, you know, that's what Satan did. So it was actually a pretty ordinary deal that he was offering him. Um, but, yeah, Jesus obviously didn't take it, um, you know, because, um, yeah, why, why, why would he? 
but it, it just demonstrates that uh, Satan is the god of this world for now. And Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, let's go over there. Um, this just demonstrates it. Um, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, uh, this is talking about the Lord's Prayer. Um, it says, pray, well, this is Jesus talking to, to the disciples about the model prayer. Um, pray, therefore, like this, not, you know, repeating this as, as a parrot, as the world does, but pray, therefore, like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and so forth. Um, I don't have to read the rest of it, but, you know, I mean, if Jesus was the God of this world and if he had authority over this world, the Lord's Prayer wouldn't say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, yeah, that that clearly demonstrates that uh, God's will is not being done here right now. Um, This is the world of the enemy for now and, and it's blatantly obvious that it is that way, unfortunately. So... We've got Adam to thank, quote-unquote, for that. And, um, yeah, that's uh, basically why Jesus had to come as as the second Adam. Uh, so God has always chosen to flow through people, through, uh, flow through man, um, with his uh, redemption plan for man. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what God does. He's waiting for people to flow through. And that's why it took so long for the Messiah to come because, uh, you know, the the Godhead had to find someone that was willing to prophesy about Jesus and he found that in Isaiah and the the prophets of old, everything uh, points to Jesus, you know, and to him coming to the earth uh, as the Son of God and laying his life down as a perfect sacrifice and and so forth, um, <coughs> excuse me, so forth, so uh, yeah, Jesus was the plan, and he's referred to as the second Adam. Um, if you read 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 45 to 48, uh, that's what it says. So let's go over there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 45 to 48. Uh, so I'm flicking through there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15. 45 to 48. Um, Here we are. Yeah, thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from out of the earth, made of dust, earthly-minded. The second man... The, the Lord uh, was from out of heaven. Now, those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust, earthly-minded. And as is the man from heaven, so are those who are heavenly-minded. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's basically showing that Jesus uh, is the last Adam, the, the second Adam, who came to do what the first Adam didn't, um, you know, to, to uh, yeah, basically perfectly uh, reflect uh, what God wanted in, in this earth. But that's exactly why Jesus had to come, because 
when Adam and Eve uh, rebelled against God in the garden and abdicated their authority to Satan, um, God had to come up with, with a plan, which he did in the form of Jesus, to uh, basically uh, redeem mankind. So, um, yeah, when get, getting back to the, um, to the whole sort of thought here about us limiting God, um, Romans 6.16, um, I'll read that. Uh, let's see, Romans 6 verse 16, and you'll see what I'm on about from this verse. Romans 6 verse 16, everything I'm saying here is from the classic uh, Amplified. So here we are, Romans 6 verse 16. Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey, whether that be to sin which leads to death or to obedience which leads to righteousness, right doing and right standing with God. You know, so, yeah, we actually have a choice, um, you know, and yeah, God, just as God flows through human vessels, the enemy has perverted that and also flows through human vessels. And as this verse says, uh, we can either surrender and be a slave to death and to sin, or we can be a slave to righteousness by uh, right doing and right standing with God. You know, so it, it really comes down to our choice. Um, so given the whole uh, authority thing that, that's operating on this earth, um, we as surrendered believers to Jesus Christ have a job to do. So when we are, uh, you know, basically going along with this world, what we're doing, it's sort of like a hose. If you've ever used a hose to wash the car or, you know, spray water on the garden or whatever, um, if it gets a kink in it, uh, the, the water won't flow. And I've had that happen many times. You know, you can be watering something and then all of a sudden there's no, no water. Well, that's exactly what happens when we surrender to the God of this world. There, there's a, a uh, kink in, <clears throat> excuse me, a kink in our Holy Spirit hose. So the flow of God is, uh, is halted. Um, so what we need to do is um, surrender ourselves to God and submit to him and spend time with him in, in the secret place and um, submit ourselves to him and say to him, Lord, um, what do you want of me? What, what do you want of my life? Take my life and use it. Um, fulfill the purpose that you created me for. I'm here on this earth for such a time as this. Show me, Jesus, what you want. Um, speak to me. And, and he, he will. Uh, God will speak to us. Uh, uh, you know, in I think it's in First Kings um, with um, Elijah after he fled from Jezebel. Uh, he was living in in the cave, uh, living in fear for his life. He 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 forgot uh, what God had done for him. Just you know, literally hours before with uh, slaughtering the the prophets of Baal and um, Ashtoreth. You know, so he went from this amazing victory to fleeing in fear from when Jezebel cursed him and said, well, you know, I'm going to do to you what you did to those prophets and, um, you know, be it unto me if I don't do it within 24 hours, something to that effect. Um, so when Elijah heard that, he freaked out and took off and ran away and uh, hid himself in, in a cave and 
God said to him twice, what are you doing here, Elijah? But um, as part of that story, there, there was a, a great earthquake and a great wind and a number of other things. But at the end of all of that, there was a still small voice uh, that, that spoke to him. And this is how God speaks to us. Uh, it's a still small voice. And he might speak to us from his word, which, well, he's always doing for me. Or he may speak to you in your spirit, the spirit that is in you. Uh, you know, because if you're a believer of Jesus Christ and you've surrendered your life to him, then you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And I, I can think of times where, you know, there has been this still small voice in my psyche, in my conscience, in my heart, telling me what I should do. And um, that sounds insane to a uh, an unbeliever, but uh, this is how God works. You know, he speaks to us uh, in our spirit or he speaks to us through uh, the, the word of God or he can do anything really he can speak to us however he wants he he definitely speaks to us through nature um, nature is an ongoing testimony as to the goodness of God and, and the fact that he is creator um, and he he is good so there's a number of ways that he speaks to us uh, but when we choose to get sucked in by this world and fearful worried afraid and we're just going on earning money uh, doing our thing and just being like the world, then we've got a kink in our hose and the flow of God has stopped. So uh, we really need to rectify that and uh, make sure that we are flowing in, in the spirit because there's nothing the enemy fears more than someone that is bold in Jesus, someone that knows who they are, what they are, and has surrendered to Jesus. And as, as I was saying before, uh, get in the secret place, which is what I'm trying to do, and and say to God, well, Lord, um, I I know you've got more for me than this. Um, I haven't even scratched the scratch of of the scratch of what I'm here to do. Show me what I'm here to do, Lord. Lead me, guide me, direct me, and um, he'll he'll speak to you. He he will do that. Um, but it's, it's up to us. Uh, he's not going to do that for us. He wants us to surrender to him and to give him priority in our lives and to take time to get to know him, to read his word, to meditate on his word, to fast and to pray. Uh, when you look at the life of Christ, um, he often left the disciples and went away by himself to pray and, you know, just get some quiet time. And I can't recommend that uh more highly if it was good enough for jesus then it should be good enough for us and i need to do more of that myself i need to go away uh somewhere quiet doesn't matter if it's in your house in a quiet place or anywhere else but just go somewhere and take the time out to get to know your heavenly father and jesus christ and the holy spirit and just say to them well lord nothing is an accident with you you created me, I'm here for such a time as this, what do you want me to do? And then just be still, uh, be still and know that he is God and uh, let him speak. Um, I, I think of the uh, the story of uh, Samuel, how Samuel became a, a prophet. Uh, he was in the uh, temple with uh, with the, the old priest there and... Um, God spoke to him, um, yeah, it, it, it was three times. 
And, um, you know, like with Samuel, he, he thought that the old priest that he was living with, whose name I, I forget off the top, top of my head, but you'd know, you can look it up. Um, yeah, with Samuel, he, he got up in, in the night and went and said to the old priest, so what, what did you call me for? And, and the priest said, I, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And um, on the third time, uh, well, twice Samuel had gone to the old priest and said, well, what do you want? But yeah, the, the second time that happened, the priest said, look, this is God. Uh, go and uh, lie back down. And um, when he calls your name, uh, say, uh, speak, Lord, for your uh, servant is listening. And um, that's exactly what happened. Uh, on, on the third occasion, when Samuel heard his name, uh, just as a very young boy uh, in, in the temple there, uh, he said to God, uh, speak, Lord, uh, for your... Uh, yeah, your, your servant is listening. And then, uh, you know, God began to, uh, yeah, to uh, basically start to use Samuel. And uh, Samuel became the major Old Testament prophet um, of, of that time. Um, yeah, he was uh, in, involved in some absolutely amazing things in the life of Saul and the life of David and, and so forth. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, but just, just the story of Samuel's life and how he got dedicated by his mother uh, to the temple and, you know, how he ended up being a servant of, of God. Um, if, if you've never read it, uh, I highly recommend that, that you uh, spend time and, and look at the story of Samuel. But the, the name Samuel means um, heard by God, um, you know, or heard of God. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. And I, I remember that because my grandfather's name was Samuel. And um, again, God does nothing by accident. Um, so... Yeah, that that story is quite amazing. So we we need to yield to God. We need to listen to God. We 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 need to be in the flow of God and stop limiting God. Um, yes, it is true. God is sovereign and supreme over all things, but He intentionally limited Himself on this earth because He gave us absolute authority on this earth. Um, so, you know, when wicked things go on. Uh, you often hear, oh, well, you know, God did this and God did that. Well, God didn't do any of it. Uh, the enemy runs this world, not God. And, um, you know, if you think God is responsible for murders, rapes, abortions, and any other hideous thing going on, well, you've, you've got the entirely wrong idea about who and what God is. Uh, God is not responsible for any of that. or natural disasters like earthquakes and whatever else goes on, any wicked thing. Uh, God is, is not behind that. God is not using that, even though he can. <coughs> Excuse me, God didn't, uh, didn't do that. It's, it's the enemy. It's, it's sort of like a uh, detective, you know, when a uh, crime scene is, is first uh, visited by the detectives, they often dust it down looking for fingerprints. Well, you know, the enemy's fingerprints, metaphorically, are all over 
every single crime scene. He's responsible for all of it. Uh, Jesus, God the Father and the Holy Spirit are responsible for none of it. Um, yeah, so we, we find ourselves in a wicked world, you know, and so it's up to us to, to stop kinking our, our hose so the Holy Spirit can flow and we can be all that we could be and should be. Um, so, yeah, let's stop disobeying God. Let's stop ignoring God. Let's stop putting our agenda above the agenda of God and let's get real and let's get down to the family business, which is uh, being about what God said we could and should be doing. So John 14, verse 12. Um, so I'll go over there in the classic Amplified again. John 14, verse 12. I'll go to verse 14. Uh, John fourteen twelve. Uh, it says, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these, because I go to the Father, and I will do uh, myself, I will grant whatever you ask in my name, as representing all that I am, so that the Father may be glorified and extolled in and through the Son. Yes, I will grant, I myself will do for you whatever you ask in my name, as presenting all that I am. Yeah, so there's a number of things to unpack there. I mean, you know, we we have a certain amount of uh, authority, um, yeah, and we need to um, ask God to back us up, which he will if we're doing what he wants, um, you know, so... Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus is the perfect carbon copy of God. So if you're wondering what the will of God is, look at the life of Jesus. Uh, look at what he did. He, he was a servant. He went about uh, preaching the good news, uh, healing, saving, delivering, setting free, making whole. Um, so, you know, when we ask God to back us up in those contexts, uh, he absolutely will. Um, and there is nothing the enemy fears more than someone that knows who they are in Christ and knows the power and authority that they've been given in this world to reflect Jesus and uh, to stand um, over all the power of the enemy. Um, and Luke ten eighteen, uh, getting back to what I was saying before, Jesus says there that he saw Satan falling from heaven, defeated. He, he got thrown out. Um, so Luke... 10 verse 19 and 20 i'm going to go over there uh luke 10 19 and 20 let's see where are we getting over there um okay yeah so luke 10 19 uh well verse 18 is where jesus said as mentioned i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven why did he reference that at that point well he just wants to tell us, look, he's, al he's, he's already thrown out. He's already a nobody. Don't even bother about him. Don't spend any time on, on that lunatic. He's, he's just not worth it. And then verse 19, behold, look, take notice. I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you nevertheless do not rejoice at this that the spirits are subject to you but rejoice that your names are enrolled in heaven so 
you know, God saying, well, I've, I've given you authority over everything the enemy's got. You know, the serpents and scorpions and physical and mental stuff that's spoken about. We have authority over all of the nonsense of the enemy. And there is not a single demon in hell that can withstand the power and authority of Jesus Christ. And we have Christ living in us. He must obey. He has no choice. So don't think there's any demon in hell or anywhere else that uh, can, um, you know, not obey Jesus because that is absolutely biblically incorrect. Uh, And we have that authority and there is nothing that the enemy fears more than us. We're the only reason that this earth has not been destroyed already. You know, so this world will tolerate anything and anyone except uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and those that are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are a direct threat to the enemy and there is nothing the enemy hates more than us. Um, and quite honestly, the feeling is mutual. I, I hate his guts. I hate everything about him. And um, I'd encourage you, if, if you aren't passionately hating Satan, it's about time that you actually got on that train and don't delude yourself that you shouldn't hate uh, you, you can have righteous anger and righteous hatred. We should hate evil and we should hate Satan and what he's done. And I, I do. I passionately hate him. And um, I'm looking forward to um, seeing him being judged for all of his wickedness. And uh, we will see it. And we will actually judge sinning angels, as the word says. And they quake in fear of that. And that time is coming. Hallelujah. Uh, so... Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. Um, Go over there. Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. All right, so it says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons, freely without pay have you received, freely without charge give. Um, So, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is not for sale and never should be for sale. And you should be uh, very cautious of anyone that's trying to sell, quote unquote, the gospel. Um, you know, it, it was freely given and it should be freely given. And anyone trying to charge anyone for it, uh, they'll answer to Jesus for that. And there's a lot of that going on and, and, and it's, it's, it's actually wicked. Um, you know, using Jesus as a personal ATM. I, I sort of, I, I feel sorry for anyone on, on that tangent because I'll be held accountable uh, by Jesus and it won't be pretty. Um, but yeah, what, what I said there, that's our commission. This is what we should be doing. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Um, you know, so... This is what we're here to do. Uh, we have the power, we have the authority, but the church has been fat, dumb and lazy. We've been silent and it's time to wake up. I include myself in that. So um, Jesus says that when we lay hands upon the sick, they will recover. So let's get about our business, yeah, our father's business and make a difference in this world. But let's stop limiting God, stop kinking the hose that... Uh, that Jesus wants to flow through. Um, he, he lives in us and we need to be uh, on guard, on point, uh, active and doing what Jesus put us here to do. So I'd encourage each and every one of you to 
take time out to, to go to God privately and say, okay, Lord, here, here I am. What do you want of me? What would you have me do? I'm here alive for this time. Uh, you've, you've got a purpose and a plan for my life. Uh, show me what you want. Uh, guide me and direct me and lead me. Um, and just be silent and be still and know that he is God and listen for the still small voice. Go on a walk, uh, get alone with God, go into your private room or go somewhere, do something and, and just get your your time alone with God and start to ask him that question. And I promise you, your, your life will be transformed. Um, the purpose and meaning that you'll get from your life will just blow your mind. And I'm saying this to myself, I'm, I'm going to do exactly what I'm telling you to do. Um, I'm not excluding myself from this because uh, I believe that with myself, the, the best is yet to come. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I haven't fulfilled what Jesus wants me to do with my life and I'm here for such a time as this. So um, I want to burn brightly and leave nothing left. When it's uh, my time to exit this earth, I, I want to make a significant difference for, for Jesus and do my bit to kick Satan right in, right in the, the guts and um, to trample over his kingdom, to tear it down, to pull down strongholds and uh, to exalt the name of Jesus. And um, yeah, uh, we will judge sinning angels. Uh, we will see Satan uh, come under judgment. Um, and yeah, let's look forward to that day. But uh, let's not be focused about him. Let's just realize that we have all authority and power over him and anything he can bring. So whatever that might be, uh, you know, God is for us and no one can be against us. And you know, yeah, Satan is is a spiritual nobody. He's he's a pretender. Um, he's just got smoke and mirrors and lies and deception. And apart from that, he's he's got nothing. When we realise who we are in Christ and um, what Christ did for us and what He's doing through us now, then uh, the enemy is just very fearful of that. Uh, he has no answer. And uh, when we turn up in power and authority of Christ, uh, he's, he's got to flee. He's basically a complete coward. He's, he's a liar and, and a thief. And um, I'd encourage all of you, for whatever the enemy has stolen from you, um, like the, the word says that when the thief is identified, he must restore seven times. So plunder the enemy's uh, warehouse or storehouse and get seven times back for what's been stolen from you, uh, whatever that may be. I go and plunder the enemy's storehouse and get what's yours. I intend to do that. I've had stuff stolen from me in my life and I'm not putting up with it anymore and I'm getting what's mine. I'm having seven times what was stolen. Hallelujah. So I'd encourage you to do that in the name of Jesus. So go out, unkink your hose and start to stand on the enemy's head. Be blessed and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.